A single song can often accomplish so much more in communicating emotions and meaning than spoken word can. It goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, that music is important. An important and essential expression of humanity in understanding ourselves, our condition, the divine. We know this is foundational because we are in church. We are experiencing and worshiping together in this room and online. We are in a worship service in which we have already experienced several songs, songs that move us and stir us in ways we can't always quite put into words, which is exactly why we sing. It moves us. You know this, because I am guessing that no one here today, when thinking about coming to church in the rain, or when thinking about tuning into the live stream said, I hope there isn't any music today. <laughs> and if you did, maybe keep that to yourself. In an article in The Atlantic this week, Peter Weiner wrote about the Grammy's performance of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, which she sang with Luke Combs. He said, to a song at once despairing and beautiful and empathetic about poverty and caring for wounded family members, about a life of failed relationships and shattered dreams, about the desire to escape and the desire for dignity. So much, so much emotion and meaning and hope and dignity and beauty wrapped up in one song, frankly, one performance, with lyrics like, I had a feeling that I belonged. I had a feeling I could be someone. And leave tonight or live and die this way. We are thinking about music on this Transfiguration Sunday, this final Sunday of Epiphany, of the revelation of Jesus as divine in our midst, this Sunday before we begin our journey in the Lenten wilderness. Today we marked the occasion when Jesus traveled up the mountain with Peter and James and John and met with prophets of old, Moses and Elijah, transfigured into a glow of shimmery white, revealed once again as divine, as the Son of God, and in case we still weren't quite sure, a cloud overshadows them and a voice comes out of the cloud saying, this is my Son, my beloved, listen to him. We are then reminded of another mountaintop experience, hence the name of the term, of Moses receiving the law on Mount Sinai and hearing the voice of God from a burning but not consumed bush. Experiences, too, that remind us of more recent history when Martin Luther King Jr. referenced these events in his final speech when he said, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land 
I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Though any time is the right time to challenge white supremacy, to adjust the chokehold of racism in America since its very inception, Black History Month is an especially good time to acknowledge and celebrate black history, culture, and art in America. And what better way to do that on a Sunday morning than singing some of the great songs of hope and resistance in the tradition of the spirituals. During times of slavery, during Jim Crow segregation, during the civil rights movement, continuing on to today, songs have been sources of hope, challenge, resistance, and storytelling. Howard Thurman, who was a mystic and theologian, of his many things that he wrote, one thing he compiled was a volume of writings entitled Deep River, The Negro Spiritual Speaks of Life and Death. And he notes that these spirituals contain three places, quote, over which the slave placed the alchemy of his desiring and aspiring, the world of nature, the stuff of experience, and the Bible, the sacred book of the Christians who had enslaved him. Songs with roots in an African homeland for a people stripped of their identity, their culture, their personal meanings, and even their basic humanity. Songs steeped in biblical images and Christian theology laced with beauty and pain despair, and redemption, songs for survival, songs for resistance, and songs for hope. James Cone, who's a black liberation theologian, wrote a book called Spirituals and the Blues, and he asserts that black music is unity music. It unites the joy and the sorrow, the love and the hate, the hope and the despair of black people, and it moves the people toward the direct direction of total liberation. He focuses around this idea of identity and personhood and the challenge of what does it mean to be a child of God when someone is living as a black slave within white society. For Cohn, for Thurman, for countless other scholars and musicians, singers, thinkers, we can just barely imagine the desperate need for hope, for comfort, for even joy in the midst of the cruel realities of slavery. I'm going to lean on Thurman's work here because his words, these were written in the 1940s, are so informative. He notes that it is difficult for us, so far removed in time and mood from those agony-ridden days, to comprehend the subtle psychological factors that were at work in the relationship between slave and master. He goes on to also talk about a great moral darkness, which stripped away the death of dignity making it stark and nasty. And that to live constantly in such a climate 
makes the struggle for essential human dignity unbearably desperate. The struggle for essential human dignity unbearably desperate. Which is why so many songs of this genre focus on death and heaven. Because when there is an utter, as Thurman said, cheapness with which life was regarded, then it's that much more important to have hope, a promise that pain and agony are not all that there is to existence, that there is a hope and promise not only of such dignity, but also of joy, of joy. What do we say to someone in the midst of deep, deep sorrow? How do we speak a word of hope to someone who is desperate with their backs against the wall? A superficial word will not work here. What can we say to someone facing imprisonment for all of their days? Someone in the cancer treatment center someone buckling under generations of racial trauma, someone in a war zone. We surely believe that Jesus is present, but what encouragement do we find? In the face of such horribleness, we sometimes wonder about God's presence or God's existence and certainly God's goodness. Why does Jesus step in in our gospel readings and heal some people but not all? He has the power to heal and to cast out demons and to raise from the dead, but he seems to do so selectively and not for all time. Sometimes people have incredible experiences of healing, of experiencing God's presence at just the right moment, and sometimes not. In the song, Wade in the Water, which we will sing in just a few moments, we sing of God's actions over the healing waters of salvation, waters that can heal even the deepest of human divides and prejudices. And of this particular song, Howard Thurman informs us that God is not the source of suffering or the reason that we find ourselves in need of help and healing, certainly not a source of punishment or testing for trials and tribulations. But he says that God is troubling the waters in human illness because inherent in the illness are the overtones and creative possibilities that result from the radical interruption of one's normal processes can be turned into glorious and redemptive account. He goes on to say that this is not a shallow optimism covering a stark fear and panic, but a way for us to recall where God is in the painful parts, working for good in all things, wringing out like a wet dish rag, something good and graceful, glimpses of light that shine through the cracks. And the glimpses that we look for and listen for so that we too might know how to act, how to react, how to respond, how to live in ways that not only do not cause harm, but seek to heal and nurture peace. Sometimes we find those words of hope in prayer 
or those actions of justice in conversation, or the gestures of healing in silence, and thoughts of mercy in communion. And sometimes we find them in song. We find the words to carry on, the words to offer compassion, the words to imagine that life could be different, the words to imagine, as Tracy Chapman sings, that I had a feeling that I belonged, and I had a feeling that I could be someone. Amen.